Hello, Red Splatters. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kyle Lira, and today we have another episode of To the Table, where we both exchange a film that one another has never seen, uh, and we review it for at least an hour. Uh, and today, Peter gave me a movie called Wet Hot American Summer. Oh boy. And then I gave him the Brian Wilson uh, biopic, Love and Mercy. So, uh, Peter, we're going to go with the, with the co-hosts uh, film first. I, I wanted you to watch Love and Mercy because I thought genuinely it was a great film. I think... I think that it really uh, captured the essence of, like, 60s, and it really captured what was uh, uh, so uh, pure and and uh, about Brian Wilson and what he did for uh, the Beach Boys, and I think that it captured, like, the Beach Boys' essence uh, good, and then I was surprised on how tragic Brian Wilson's backstory actually was. And so, uh, Peter, tell me, what did you think about Love and Mercy? Terrible. Okay, tell me why. They only went to the beach once. Oh my god, okay. This is the Beach Boys. Uh Uh-huh. We need at least four different scenes of them at a beach. They didn't do that, and that is unforgivable. So IGN, zero out of five? Zero out of five. Damn. Okay. Explain to me why it's zero out of five other than the beach. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a good film. Uh Um, it it really, it was very specifically about Brian and, um, Sort of his his method, not his method, but just him and his journey creating music, but also his um, his struggles with mental illness mm-hmm. and the way they would cut back and forth between him older in the 80s and him younger, and I think it was like 1960s, 66, yeah. 64, somewhere around there. Right, when he was making the album uh, Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it was full of great performances. I thought, um, you had, what's his name? John Cusack. As yeah. When he was older. And then you had, what's his name? Paul Dono. Paul Dono as, when he was younger, which I, I love Paul Dono. I think he's a great actor. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they both do a really wonderful job. You had, um, what's it called? Um, the 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 girl the girl he meets oh Elizabeth Banks Elizabeth Banks um she she's someone he runs into when he's older. The Beach Boys are more of a kind of an afterthought. They're just kind of there. It's not their. It's not a Beach Boys movie. It's very much Brian Wilson's story. Wilson's film, his, his story, and more of his struggle. Uh, during the toughest parts of his life, pretty much, of his younger life and his mm-hmm. older life. And the way he creates music through 
those hardships, his relationship with his father and all of that. Um, overall, I think it was really well done. Biography? What's it called? Biopic? Biopic. Yeah. <laughs> the other one's like books, right? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's the morning. It's a really good biopic. Um, I, and I think the best biopics are the ones that sort of take take a look a, a, a certain take a look at a certain time in uh, a piece of history a character's life mm-hmm. and really pull that apart and you really get to fully understand that character when it's you, you'll see um, biopics where it's like oh we're gonna start when they're really little and then go all the way until they die it's like it's it's more of you getting snapshots of their life than really getting the full experience of who the person was and really um in almost a day-to-day kind of situation and you more get that when you just take a sort of snapshot of their life and really examine it um i do have certain issues okay. they're not they're not major but there are certain issues in there for sure what are um, what are the issues? Oh, and I I kind of forgot to mention his name, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he. I don't blame him. I because he does a really good acting job. Paul Giamatti always does a great acting job. Yeah, but mad oh man, does he really do it over lay, the top? Lay it lay it in there. Like I thought, I was like, okay. I figured this character would be a negative character, but like over time, he would sh- slowly show his hand to be that way. Mm-hmm. Immediately off the bat, he's like, "Who the hell are you?" Like he's just crazy, evil, and over the top, really in uh, his face. <laughs> Doesn't beat the rhino though. <laughs> the rhino. It's, you could have. Those are their comparable performances. Well, that's not true. He does a really awesome job, but it's just so over the top. And it, it's not like it built. It's just from the beginning. Elizabeth Banks is like, oh, hey, what's up? And then he's just being crazy, ridiculously evil in front of her and basically saying, look at me. I'm Mr. Bad Guy. And I think they could Mustache twirly. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. And I think they could have gone... A, a little bit more subtle. I don't know if maybe that really was him true to life. Like, maybe it was, but I feel like films are an adaption. Of, yeah. Even if you're trying to get be realistic with a story. Because this, this is based on uh, on a Brian Wilson's autobiography. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, you've got a little bit of that in there. Um. What'd you think about like the process in which he made the music that you would know as like Beach Boys hits and stuff like that? I thought that was really interesting because I think that's what takes up the majority of the film. Uh huh. Is really him and the process uh, of making fil- uh, uh music. Mm-hmm. Especially that specific album, um, Pet. What's it called? Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. And how. Everyone kind of told him, like, this doesn't sound like, you know, hits. We want hits. Doesn't sound like Beach Boys radio music. And then they were kind of right because it just kind of sizzled. The critics loved it, but the mainstream audience didn't really find um, 
find a place for it at the time, but since then it's, you know... It's become a classic. It's become a classic and renowned. Yeah. Um, oh, there was another issue I had. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. I did not believe that she would have fallen in love with this guy. Be- because I never, for a second... Because from the very second, he f- seems like a just psychotic. Yeah. And someone were in any realistic situation, you'd be like, okay, bye. Like, you would try and walk away from him quickly as you clutch your your belongings. Um, He never once came off like, okay, he's kind of sweet, but he's a little weird, but he's sweet, and okay. And then he slowly unraveled, and you slowly saw the issues that he had with uh, Paul Giamatti and the way he controlled his life. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, it's like he's a child, basically. And a very disturbed one at that. And you have Paul Giamatti as this, like, creepy, abusive abusive um, elder that just is looking after him. And I, I don't know what she would find attractive in this situation, like, at all. So, um, to me, I never really bought that whole connection between... Um, her and him. I understand why they, it was in the film. Um, I feel like it could. I, I feel like a lot of the adult stuff when well, not the adult stuff, but the the older part of his life. I think it takes place in the eighties. Yeah. The eighties section could have been done a little with bit more, more refined subtlety. There's like zero subtlety in there. Um. There, there's, it's, it's. I think it's done better when he was younger, because you know he has issues with his brothers, but he still loves them, and they still love him. And then um, he has his issues with his father. His, his father, I felt, kind of came off a little Joe Jackson stuff like that, um, but that's fine because that's believable to me, and I, and I thought that their relationship was done very believably. Mm-hmm. And um, overall, like directed as well, I think it's beautifully shot. It, it looks like it's really well done. Filmmaking wise, it's it's incredibly well done. It's like okay, this is someone who knows what they're doing and what story they want to tell and how they're going to tell it. Uh, the, my only main issues would be with the subtlety, the subtleties. Uh, like it's more they, of a fantasy. More than anything. It's not fancy. It's just like they have none when it comes to certain characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would have, I think it would have worked better. Because right off the bat, I already knew where the story was going with um, him when the 80s. Because right off the bat, it, it's just like, okay, this is a crazy dude. And he's pro- she's probably going to help him get, get away from that. Get away from that. And I think it would have been better to develop their relationship first and then slowly see that darker, um, more scary side. And then that becomes its own thing. Um, I understand you're tackling quite a bit because you got to show him, because the meat of the film really is his genius as their um, music producer. Mm-hmm. creating the music and dealing with that. And that takes up a large portion of the film, but deservedly so, because that's what you're really examining. That's the whole reason 
why you have uh, a biopic about him is because of his musical genius. So, of course, you want to examine that. Um, but, yeah, it's certain things like that. I can understand why you would, first of all, want to see this, because um, I'll use Alexis's words. Um, boy Alexis. Kyle is a musical snob. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, it's, yeah, it's a badge he wears proudly. <laughs> um, so I, I'm sure there's a lot of musical biopics and films and media that you enjoy to digest. Like, like uh, there's Ray... That uh, yeah. that uh, I like that. Uh, Jamie Fox did that was great. I like the documentary Metallica, some kind of monster. Uh, that was a that was a great look at their life. Mm-hmm. Um, just like stuff like that is, is amazing to me. This one right here, Justin is, Bieber, Never Say Never. Of course, we can't forget that. <laughs> Greatest rock star since Michael J. Um, never stop, never stop, and <laughs> never, never stop stopping. No, yeah. Um, any more uh, negatives or uh, or positives on uh, Love and Mercy? Hmm. 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 Um. Nothing I can think of. It's mostly a straightforward uh, story. Uh, oh, I guess a positive is the way they tackled his um, mental illness that afflicts him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did a good job portraying that. And it, and it can be really hard, I think, to por- portray mental illness, especially if the ones portraying it have never been through it. And just visually how to put the audience in that state of mind. Mm-hmm. That um, the 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 person themselves went through, or maybe is still currently going through. Um, but I, but like I said, it was a very um, talented director, and it seemed to understand how to how portray to that to, to the audience and tackle it without, you know, if you do it wrong, it could come off silly or goofy or weird, or it, it could, or even insensitive towards those who uh, actually have it. Yeah, so it, it's a fine line you got to do to really be able to portray it and also not just portray it, but show the way it affects his life and who he is and his, the relationships that he has with the people around him. And I thought they did a really good job of showing that. And the actors did a really good job of um, portraying it. Um, overall, I thought it was a r- really good film, really well made. Um, yeah, basically, it's what you would want out of out of a biopic, especially I'd imagine if you're a huge fan of uh, Brian, Brian Wilson, Wilson, and uh, and uh, you saw uh, you saw the actual Brian Wilson at the end credits of the film, mm-hmm. and he performed the title track of the movie uh, Love and Mercy. Um, which was really nice seeing. And then at the end, uh, his wife came out and the one that Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks Banks came out. No, the, um, his actual wife who Elizabeth Banks played and she came out and they, uh, that that was nice seeing Mm -hmm. the the little bit. Like I like that. That's what kind 
it, it's kind of like the Hacksaw Ridge kind of thing, where you saw the actual people who uh, who lived it uh, at uh, at the end of uh, the film, and you saw a little bit of uh, who Andrew Garfield played. And uh, I like I like when uh, biopics do that. They usually do that. Uh, they show like the actual people, and it, like, oh, that that gives the connection. That's what that is, and um, I think that this was a terrific movie. I I I fell in love with it. You know, as soon as oh really, as, as, as <laughs> soon as I uh, finished it, uh, and I I found a new like I like the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. but I have a profound new uh, a respect for their music and what they do and all that jazz. Um, it is, it is definitely a, a little piece of, of, uh, the music, music history, music genre, what Beach Boys did. And especially what Brian Wilson did, he pretty much turned what, uh, he pretty much turned. He's like, Hey, you know, all the music doesn't have to be radio hits and shit like that. And that's true artistry. And you got to see that with Brian Wilson. And so Brian Wilson is amazing. I, I just, I, I love his works. I, he, he did a Disney album. God, no wonder you saw this. Film. He did a Disney album. I did not know that. Oh, I did God. not know that until after I saw it. I'm like, there's. Oh, I know, what, but what, I, I feel like the universe just pulled you what, towards this film. What else did he? What else did he do? And so we did like a tribute album to like Disney and stuff like that. And it was what, amazing. He just like sang uh, some of the Disney renditions of Disney. Songs. Yeah, but very beat late Beach Boys esque and it's amazing. It's like Beach Boys does a does a Disney album and I I really like that. Pet Sounds is amazing. I really like he made a what was his album was it Smile? Yeah, Smile and that was his first solo one. Mm-hmm. He pulled in like two members from Beach Boys, but it overall it was a solo album and all that. So anyway, uh final thoughts on the film. Final thoughts, um incredibly well made Biopic, um, and biopics uh, are usually a celebration of the your subject's life, and I thought it was a good celebration of not just the life, but who he was uh-huh. at, at his core and, and the struggles that he had to go through, and the amazing things he overcame and achieved because of that, and I think it was all really well shown, great performances, um, well written, really well directed. Uh, I do it, like I said, I have minor issues with sort of the over the topness with some of the characters. Yeah. But overall, I, I think it was, it's really well made. I thought there was a, there was a cool, there was like a very intimidating scene between uh, Elizabeth Banks and, uh, and Paul Giamatti when he's at, when she's at the office, at his office, and uh, when she, uh, when she closed the door and he's like yelling at her through the, through the door, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a really an intimidating scene that they did. Well, that's the thing, because I thought Paul Giamatti would at least, like, pretend and try to be like, oh, well, hey, nice to see you. Try to lie and try to, like, manipulate her. Yeah. But, like, right off the bat, you, he basically you threatened her. her. Like, yeah, you, like, I'm doing this for your protection, too, wink, wink. I'll kill you, bitch. Like, he's basically telling her stuff like that. And it's like, whoa, you're coming off very dangerous right now. And I think you should probably have built up to that. According to the, um, 
to the biography that Brian Wilson wrote, it he that's pretty much what he was. Uh, very, very threatening and mm-hmm. and very uh, like manipulative and like the outlandish kind of kind of sense, and that's the way he portrayed it in the autobiography. Who knows what he is in real life? But that's just this is just coming from uh, Brian Wilson's perspective, yeah. and that's that's the way that Paul Giamatti portrayed it, you know. And so, uh, and uh, Paul Giamatti, I mean, uh, not Paul Giamatti, uh, Brian Wilson was heavily involved in making the film. Oh, you could tell that um, it, it, he was probably involved mm-hmm. because it, it the film does have a very um, personal point of view, and it's probably like you said pulled a lot from his book. Which is which is another thing that I like. Uh, when, what they do is that when the people are actually still alive, I like them like collaborating. Like you have a in Saving Mr. Banks, you had a Disney's daughter. And you had, uh, the that actual, doesn't count. Yeah, the actual Robert uh, Robert Sherman there, uh, and so that really uh, Richard Sherman. Yeah, Richard Sherman, and uh, they were both like you know semi involved in with the process. So I, I like when they bring the people into that. So uh, I'm glad that you uh, that you found enjoyment somewhat yes. in the movie. It's not somewhat. I thought it was a good film. Oh, it was okay. A good film. All right. Yeah. Just because I have negatives doesn't mean I think it's a bad. It's just it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect, except for um, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Well, Peter, why the fuck did you make me watch that movie? <laughs> I like how you changed. Wanted me to see to make me watch. Um, first of all. Before your tirade commences, let it be known that you are on the wrong side of history. Oh my god. <laughs> because this film was so beloved that it, it spawned two revival series many years later after it was uh, premiered back in the. Was it the 2000s or the 90s? Somewhere around that. Late 90s, early 2000s. It was. I think it was like 2000, 2000, 2001, 2002. Somewhere. The transitional period. Yeah. It was late 90s, very early 2000s. Um, I, I, I understand that the brand of humor is not for everyone. And I'm, I, it was all, this is almost sort of like a, a test. I'm testing your, the boundaries of your humor. Yeah. Um, you failed. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're a lame normie. Because <laughs> I, I understand this sort of humor isn't for everyone, but I find it hilarious. It's so over the top and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. As you know, that's kind of the shit. Your forte. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it also, I think, has amazing actors and actresses doing great performances. I think the writing is very good. And it's just, I don't know, it's a film I could just throw on and have in the background and just, like, turn over and giggle. (laughs) Not all the jokes land, obviously, for me, but... More than enough do. Overall, you just love the living shit out of it. I ju- just the ridiculous world and the nature of it, I just think is funny. 
And yeah, this is I, this was this was a test film, just trying to push what push I to see what what kind, what's funny. My, yeah. What's my kind of humor? Yes. Um You've obviously failed, I'm putting uh, it this way. <laughs> I I chuckled every now and then. But I found the outlandishness so distracting. How is it distracting? That's uh, the whole point. Uh, um, uh, I I don't I don't know. I'm very much on the fence about this movie. I, I see. I hate whenever you say you're on the fence because that means you don't like the film. Just no, come I out don't and say it. I don't just come I, out. But and here's the say thing, though. It. I don't love it, but I don't hate it neither. Oh, that's a lie. I don't. The, that's it's, such a lie. It, like I, I, I appreciate it what it was going <laughs> for. You mean what it got to? I, yeah, I, but to me, I was like, okay, like the whole subplot of David Hyde Pierce and uh, Jenny Garofalo and uh, them trying to like prevent a. Uh, a, a satellite from hurtling towards the auditorium. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that right there, I laughed and I was like all for it, and that was amazing. Um, Paul Rudd, my fucking god, he is something else in this film. He's wonderful. Um, I he's like this. Uh, he's like this ultimate douchebag and he has a confederate flag in the <laughs> in his bedroom <laughs> well, it, adds to it a little bit it plays off the like the the tropes of not only like high school movies but sort of like 80 sort of stereotypes that's that's what paul wrote he was the bad boy yeah, and 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 <laughs> and uh, at the end of the day, he gets the girl and not the not the guy who yeah, was because it's realistic. And so, uh, like that was nice. You're sweet, but you know, he's I, hot. He's hot. <laughs> I don't he, care if he cheats he, on me. <laughs> he, uh, I think she said a uh, Beth. I think that's her name. Yeah. Which uh, uh, nice nice cue from uh, the band Kiss. Because they have a song called Beth, and that plays every time she comes on screen. But anyway, uh, you're nice, but he gives he gives good sex, and he's hot, and that's the whole reason why she sticks with him. And then uh, you you have enlightened me by uh, by showing me a little bit of the prequel series, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like. It's just as ridiculous as as the movie. Well, yes, it has to be. I uh, a couple. Of, I like Janine Garofalo's character. She's she's always uh, a plus in movies, and she's she's an amazing uh, force. That's uh, that's great to see. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper and uh, Amy Poehler, whoever decided to pair them to, great choice. Uh, the casting director is like deserves a gold medal. Yeah, and then you have this horny virgin who just wants to get laid. He has like the curly hair, and yeah. he he <laughs> crashes a vehicle just to get laid. Um, he never does. <laughs> he never does. Everybody else does, yeah, except, <laughs> except for him. Uh, and it, it's just like the. A lot of the th- like they left the kids on the fucking raft, Go- and they 
and it took them forever to get to like the raft and it was just ridiculous because uh they they were just stuck in one area they kept on screaming no imminent danger whatsoever because they were not moving anywhere and <laughs> that's was, what makes it funny and it was like cutting you know to the guy trying to save them and all that and then uh, you have a uh, molly shannon as this disgruntled uh, uh, divorcee, and uh, she 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 was like using these kids as like therapy, and then she falls in love with this one kid because he's like it's okay. It it kind of reminded me of that one scene in Rick and Morty when the Meeseeks was like, "You're still there, Beth," <laughs> and it reminded me of that. Um, and uh, she winds up marrying him at the end, which a lot of plot threads like kind of like quickly wrap up at the end. And so uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of stuff uh, is it's ridiculous beyond compare. Because I, this is the thing, and I know that's what I know. That's what let it was me, going let me for. I know. It. Let me I know it. the outlandish humor is is what its style is and all that. But to me, I was like, okay, I I, I I've seen enough. I'm 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 good on on this on this humor. Um, it, well, tell me the negatives. The negatives is how like. Uh, I, a lot of the humor went for shock. What went for shock? Like, for example, uh, Bradley Cooper's uh, character. I mean, I don't. I the thing is, is that it worked, but yet it didn't work for me. Oh my! I can't. God. I can't place it. I can't place it. That's this is. Well, where is the shock a, humor? Okay, for example, like uh, when they were trying trying to like detect uh, what kind of girls was Bradley Cooper into, and then he was completely ass fucked inside the um, inside the canoe shed. That was a beautiful romantic scene. Uh, I feel like you took that out of context. No, but they played it off for laughs. But then I guess they they made it up at the end because they because instead of like because they were like being completely douchebags about it and then they just like oh congratulations about your wedding and buy them this whole big old crate of crate and barrel at the end and uh, I don't know that's called humor Kyle I, I don't know what's called a setup and then a payoff to a joke I I don't know I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. You don't know some, what it some, is. Something. Something. There's a wall in between me and 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 seeing the movie. A fence, if you will. I I see I see some good stuff in the promised land of milk and honey. But what is the bad stuff? I I don't know. Probably because I've seen like so many comedies in the past, and I've seen all the cliches. But this goes against those cliches. <laughs> That's the whole point of the film. It, 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 they literally just ask um, themselves: Is this funny? Yes. Does it make sense? Who cares? It's funny. Um, that's kind of their thought process going into 
this the entire film. film. Yeah. And that's what makes it so funny. They, they, they cut out this bullshit called reality and they just, they just go for do it. What's funny. Like when they go into town and they just start doing drugs. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make It's just funny. The only adult there now is fucking uh, Molly Shannon, who's having a breakdown watching these kids. It's funny. <sighs> what wasn't funny to you? Let me ask you that. Name a joke where it's like the, the, the second you saw it or heard it, that stood out to you like, okay, this is this is bullshit. Okay, I guess what it's boiling down to okay. is that it's funny and I appreciate its humor. But you don't but think it's, not it's for, funny. But it's not for me. But you don't think it's funny. That's my point. So I'm trying to get to the heart of why you don't think it's funny. It's definitely a product of its time. A product of its time? It is a product of How its time. How is it a product? What about the early 2000s, late 90s screams to you I in this film? Like, all the, all the, I don't know. That's, this is the most boggling film I've ever seen. I, it's, it, why does a simple comedy boggle your your mind? It's more than a simple comedy, sir. It's filled it's filled with a lot of mainstream comedians. It's not like it's that out there. It uh, yeah, it's mainstream comedians, but it's like uh, I don't know. It is it's outlandish. Yes. And that's the only way I could describe it. It's an outlandish film. And if you like outlandish things and all that shit, like apparently elect, uh, Peter does right here, uh, then this movie is definitely for you. Uh, for me, I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Most of the point. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of distracted me watching the movie. Um, Probably give me a, I I should have done a double feature about it. I thought, I thought you saw it twice. I, I, I did, but I think I should have done like a quadruple feature. Oh my god! Either I think you have to accept that you're an old man with a shitty taste in humor. I think that's I think that's at the heart of what we're getting at. But here. no, then I'm Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> And that's not where I want to be. <laughs> I'm I'm sure Alexis will come around by the time um, Meme the movie comes out. Oh my god, that'll be amazing. <laughs> um, Put Ballot Brian, overly attached girlfriend. No, all of them are going to be in it. It's going to be beautiful. It'll be exclusively on YouTube Red. Um, of all the famous YouTubers <laughs> in there. I, I, I wanted to try to extract what your issues are for, from this film, but it seems like you have just zero grasp on the film. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't place a finger on the movie. You, you that's a, I, it, this is a very difficult film to review. You know, Kyle, I, I have been giving you an Alexis what I consider to be fairly mainstream films. Yeah. And I was going to try and ease you guys into some more... 
lighthearted. No, not lighthearted. Like further, further out of your comfort zone films. <laughs> In a wet hot American summer is too much for you. I I think I need to pull back, and I do realize <laughs> that I have been giving some. How do you put it? Not negative films. Ridiculous. Not ridiculous, but some pretty... um, Out of there. Outlandish. Not outlandish. Not normal. Dark films, I guess. El Mariachi wasn't a dark film. Uh, He... There's a little bit of darkness in there, but overall... The love is his life is murdered and his hands are crushed and his dreams are dashed at the end. Uh, It's a little dark. (laughs) But I I realize I need to pull, maybe push into some No, keep on, no, no, don't, don't stop. Don't stop whatever you're doing. Don't stop because, because this is, this is, uh, this is called artistic, not artistic integrity. Artistic integrity. (laughs) But this is, this is, uh, this is your views on, uh, on films. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like kind of like looking at a, this is the whole point of the show is to present a psychoanalysis of each other. To present a piece of your soul. Yes. To one another. And you're definitely presenting your soul to us. I have very, like you guys are liking my soul. Very dark, very twisted, with a with fucked amazing, up sense of humor. Amazing sense of humor. <laughs> this is a great film. And this, no, no, this is why I call bullshit on you and your opinions. Why? Because history is on my side. History Ooh. is. How is it on your side? Because this movie was so beloved, so cherished, that Netflix. Brought back twice, twice, and not just a film, an entire series, series. yeah, series eight. I think it's like an eight-hour series, um, or even more than that. It, it literally takes. There's each each because the movie is one one day. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like a whole summer camp. It's, it's just the one last day. day. And I also I like that sort of story structure too. Where it's all, they're all just sort of dealing with one issue and they have to get through it throughout the day. But the, the film takes place over one day and both series take place over one day as well. Um, the Red Hot American Summer first day of camp takes place on the first day of camp. Even though they've all aged significantly, significantly it takes place. Except for Paul Rudd. Except for Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd does not age at all. It takes place at the beginning of that summer of the first film. And it's about eight or so episodes, and each is a half an hour. So it's almost in I take real it time. You, I take it you've seen every bit of the series. Well, duh. <laughs> um, you, you, like, but there's also just great characters within the film. The cook... Oh, the cook and the talking uh, uh, vegetable can. Which, by the way, is explained in the prequel series. Oh, God. They actually explain it. Talk about technical bullshit. To beautiful, (laughs) beautiful result. I'm going to hump the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) And I do realize the humor is a little bit out there, but like I said... The fact that this movie okay, was this, so beloved that they needed to bring it back says give, something. Okay, give me a couple of more watches. I'll see how this movie ages on me. 
The thing is, though, I don't think it's gonna age on you. I just, I'll, I just we'll see. We'll it's see not, how it's it not ages. Not your sense of humor. We'll see how it and ages. That's okay. On you. That's okay. Some people can have bad senses of humor. Because I watched uh, some of the Austin Powers uh, films mm-hmm. as like. Uh, younger, but now I watch it now, and I'm, okay, that's that's not that funny. Um, so I don't know. So it could, well, like so, like I said when we talked about um in the thick of it or in the yeah, loop in the loop yeah, humor is so subjective. hard. It's to so do. subjective because your humor changes as you get older. Humor. Is so wild and it varies so much. It changes constantly, 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 constantly. That's why it, it's it's probably the most difficult kind of film to make. I think it is is a really good comedy. Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, it's just not. It's, it doesn't it doesn't click with you. It doesn't mesh. Um, which is understandable. I appreciate its humor for what it's worth. I don't think you do. <laughs> but it's just not for me, you know. Kyle, it's okay to say, I think it wasn't funny. I didn't like it. It's okay to say that. I don't, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of I'm scared because I'm used to somebody uh, mm. I, that I review with, not naming anybody <laughs> in particular. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of used to like, uh, uh, when I say I don't like something, mm-hmm. and uh, the other, uh, the opposite, uh, other uh, yes. gets personally attacked, and no, this, 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 this isn't about personal attacks. You are expected to not like some of the films that we talk about, and to maybe feel indifferent or whatever. The whole point is being exposed to different uh, forms of film and storytelling and giving our honest reaction and opinion to that. Okay, fine. I didn't like it for now. You are a piece of shit. <laughs> How dare you? How you you're basically saying you don't love my soul. That's all that's what you're saying. You're a terrible person. Peter, you know I love Peter, you. No, you know I love terrible you, person. How dare you <laughs> how dare you okay Alexis I mean Peter <laughs> I guess what we've learned today is Kyle has a terrible sense of humor <laughs> okay <I'm kidding. laughs> anyway that was our uh, to the table mm-hmm. uh, check out our other to the tables uh, every Wednesday and Fridays uh, yes. Check out uh, our our uh, regular program uh, on Spotlight Sundays. Every Sunday we have a new podcast uploaded. Uh, today uh, we're gonna definitely be talking about uh, on a on a Sunday show. We're definitely gonna be talking about the whole J.J. Abrams uh, little uh, little thing because uh, he was casted. As, oh, yeah. Uh, he was not casted. He was, he put was casted. Po- he was put in position of director for Small episode nine. Small filmmaker to Small Joe t- Abrams. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Jacob Abrams. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll be definitely getting into that uh, a little bit later. Oh, we'll get into it. Yeah, definitely. I know you got you and Alexis are definitely going to shit on this whole idea. No, I think Alec- Alexis is the biggest champion of, in the world of 
Um, Lucasfilm. Not only Lucasfilm, but The Force Awakens. Yeah. So, so yeah, believe me, he's he's happy with. Believe the decision. me, <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. Um, anyway, this is Red Spotlight Entertainment. Check out. Uh, also, we have a couple of uh, new uh, new uh, Fantasy Fair episodes coming up pretty soon. So uh, check that out with uh, um, the other Alexis. With the other Alexis, girl Alexis. Yeah. Hopefully, she'll like it. Anyway, she usually does. Uh, check us out on the spotlight. Bye.